You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room. I'm Peter Watts. As we move towards the end of the year, tax planning becomes a big part of what we're all up to when it comes to preparing a solid estate plan. We're still awaiting word from the federal government on what changes to the Income Tax Act it wants to introduce to take effect on January 1, 2018. Alberta Senator Doug Black is part of the Senate Finance Committee, which has gone across the country in the past three months to collect Canadian viewpoints on proposed changes. The report from that committee is to be published next Friday, but Senator Black says there won't be any surprises. What they thought was what they think. This is basically an attack on small business in Canada. And, you know, I support small business. I come from a family of small business. And I think it's appalling. I'm proud to say that they've backed up. I would say they backed up about 80%. But from my point of view, it's not good enough. So when I was questioning the minister a couple of weeks or so ago, I said, look, minister, you were consulting. We all make mistakes. Don't worry about it. But the fact is, this does not help the Canadian economy. Abandon these proposals completely. And let's have a general overview of the tax code in Canada. It's been 30 years since we've done it. Let's do it. Let's save face and drive on. I'm not sure they're going to do that. Uh, we will learn this week, as you say, there's, these proposals or some of these proposals on income sprinkling and passive income are supposed to come into effect on January 1. And Peter, there are no rules out there now. So business and families can't plan. And I have to tell you, I think it is disrespectful at a minimum. So the Senate is releasing its report next, uh, this coming Friday, actually. And, um, you know, while I can't obviously discuss the contents of that, I can assure you that Canadians will see in that report uh, what we heard extremely strongly from coast to coast. And we are urging the minister to abandon this effort. Is there a ways and means bill before the parliament uh, at this time? Because that may be the way this regulation comes in, uh, according to what I've been told. You're very good. The answer is no, there is not. And there should be something, and that would give the Senate another opportunity to express its view in respect of these potential changes. But I have heard that there are people looking at ways that maybe they could do this somehow through regulation and avoid going to the House and the Senate. Not saying they're going to do that, but I do know there's people looking at how they could avoid further uh, public abuse, basically. Well, if there isn't time to pass a bill now before the oh, House and, the, and no, Parliament rises. No, that's not, that's definitely not on, but they're obviously proceeding by you know, order and counsel and or regulation, which they can do. Um, but my goodness, after all of the opposition, wouldn't you think they'd just say, look, okay, you know, we, we consulted, we hear what Canadians say, and we're going to shelve it. I mean, that's sure what I would do. But we're keeping the heat on because we're not across the finish line yet. Dan Kelly heads up the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. 
He's outspoken on the government's need to back off on trying to implement these changes by January 1st. On the passive income side, it does look like they are going to uh, hold back a few months and release them as part of the, uh, we're expecting as part of the budget or perhaps in advance of, uh, of the 2018 budget. Uh, so we've got a little bit of time and at least uh, regular parliamentary processes seem to be respected there. But these income sprinkling rules, while they did announce legislative intent back in the summer and they put draft legislation out, there has been no implementation details, nor do I think they're going to have time to, to pass this through Parliament. Uh, so that may, that may actually just be rammed through, uh, through some ways and means motion or regulatory changes on the part of the CRA. So that part, I, I do worry, is not going to have the same degree of scrutiny as these other pieces. And of course, that's the piece that's, that's expected to be implemented by millions of business owners across Canada and even their tax advisors, accountants in this country have not got a tiny bit of detail as to how the CRA or government expects them to implement them. What are you expecting to hear? I mean, might we hear something in the coming week? Well, it could be. We expected it to be in October. Then we expected it to be in November. uh, But it's now December, and we've not seen anything. And that's the part that's just uh, flabbergasting to us. So I I agree that there likely is some of the distractions that have been happening in the Department of Finance uh, with respect to the minister's personal situation may be playing a role in delaying these changes. But look, I'm part of a coalition of 80 business associations, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business has been, has been working with a bunch of other business associations on this front. And the first thing that we're calling for is that these changes, even if they're planning to go ahead, that they at least delay the implementation to January 1st, 2019. To expect business owners to change all of their corporate structures, all of the ways that they, they pay employees or family members working in the business or informal roles in the business, to expect them to do that in a month, I got to tell you, it's just not going to happen. And, and, you know, this is the same, the same agency is going to have to implement these changes. The same one that just a few weeks ago was saying that, you know, the, the pizza shop worker that gets 50% off their pizza before their shift, that that's going to be declared a taxable benefit going forward. I got to tell you, I don't have a lot of confidence that the CRA is going to be able to do this in any proper way. And, and that's scary. And, the last, and last week, the Auditor General came out with a report that the, um, the CRA can't handle two-thirds of the calls it's getting. And I dare say that something like this will inspire a few questions from small business owners, from professional people, from accountants, and so forth. You know, it is the CRA call center is is absolutely atrocious. We have been flagging this for years. We did our own what we refer to as our secret shopper report, where we called the CRA uh, uh, hundreds of times to ask the common questions across Canada, and we found that 20% of the time the CRA gave business owners bad information. We also said to, shared with them that that business owners were being put on hold or hung up on all the time. The CRA, if you can believe us, told us when we released this data, they said that that was impossible, that there was no way that their phone system would allow any anyone to be cut off or any delays uh, in, in receiving a call. They also told us that they did not believe our own information. Now the Auditor General's come out 
And the data is actually worse than the data that we collected, the, the piece that they denied. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's deeply unfair for, for tax, the tax collector to expect business owners who are busy doing a million things, trying to create jobs, keep their heads down, and keep the economy going, to implement all these rules and regulations that they themselves cannot understand. And, and then when you add to the burden with these changes that are incredibly technical, I, I'm not sure that there's going to be a hope in heck to, to get these things implemented, let alone implemented before January 1st, 2018. Do you think the coalition has had an impact on what was proposed back in July when the uh, uh, when the papers was first released? Uh, have you had some impact, do you think? Uh, and might the damage be a little bit limited because of the uproar that the uh, initial report created? Oh, there's no question that the government has moved on this, and uh, they didn't do this by choice. They did this because there was a, a huge outcry from, from business owners across the country. The coalition, of course, played a role in that. But i got to tell you, the, the really heartening part from my perspective about all this is just how many business owners themselves, individually, unmotivated by any association, started to take action. And, and we had spontaneous websites being created, that, you know, petition campaigns going on across the com- uh, country business owners calling their members of parliament. I was incredibly inspired by the the backlash uh, that business owners had because normally they don't speak out terribly frequently about this. We, their associations, uh, and CFIB does regularly, but it takes a lot for a business owner to drop what they're doing and and get involved uh, in pushing back against a political decision. So that was really inspiring, and there's no question that the government did water down the proposal significantly. They they ended a lot of the terrible changes they were planning to make to capital gains, which would have devastated, I think, a lot of succession plans on, on the farm in particular. They also increased, they also reinstated their own promise, the promise that they had canceled to lower the small business rate from eleven from ten and a half to nine percent. So that was good news. And they they made a first step in recognizing that passive income isn't the boogeyman that they had made it out to be, that there are real reasons why business owners may want to have some savings in their business to help guide them through bad times. I got to tell you, we've got, we've got 10,000 members of CFIB in Alberta who are darn lucky that they had some passive income saved up in their business because when the oil price tanked and which affected every sector of the economy, uh, they have relied on those dollars to keep themselves afloat and keep their employees paid during pat- bad economic times. So what might have been intended for their retirement has not been used for their retirement. It's been used to keep the business and their employees going. And gosh, if government make it makes it harder for them to do that, what's going to happen the next big economic shock? It's called toss in the towel. You got it. And and so it is it is good news that that uh, the government has watered down a lot of the proposals. It is better than it was before. We've acknowledged that it, the government has started to listen. They, they've changed, I think, the tone a little bit in the way that they're presenting their proposed changes, which is good news, too. But there are the two remaining changes on passive income and income sharing. Those are steamrolling ahead. Uh, and I'm deeply worried about both. And we've made some some recommendations to government, uh, and and only time will tell if they're going to listen to that. More on tax planning in a moment on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.